don't, don't, don't waste your time uh, browsing too much the news and uh, how much people are making with this project or what's the new big thing or what's this new company that just raised 10 million or whatever. Like, uh, just try the tech. Like, actually try it. Like, make, download the wallet, put some money in this wallet. Like, see how hard or easy it is to transfer from your uh, con house accounts to this uh, to this to this wallet or how easy it is to actually pay with your credit card when using metamask oh yeah you get a fee all right uh, like and then try to pay the me try to pay comment try to try to use any decentralized finance protocol try it like, like really try it Blockchain, crypto, NFTs, DeFi, Metaverse, Web3 is literally eating the world and community builders are the new leaders. Hi everyone, I'm Bilal El Alami, co-founder of Pirates Lab, a startup studio fully dedicated to Web3 startups. In Pirates Land, I'll give the mic to Web3 builders, founders and investors so that we can deep dive with them into what is truly about Web3 entrepreneurship. No conventional bullshit, only creativity, rebellion, and community-driven insights. Hi, everyone. So today is episode two. For this episode two, I have Jérôme de Tiché, which is an entrepreneur I very much respect. Jérôme um, both had the audacity to do bold moves every step of the way and the lucidity to make the right choice, which led him where we are today with his last venture called Comet, who just announced a 10 million fundraising. Hello, Jérôme. Hello, hello. Uh, very good to be here. Uh, very nice to, to be interview interviewing for a podcast, this uh, pirate podcast. Um, well, thank you for the kind words and the nice introduction. You're a bit of a <laughs> space pirate, no? <laughs> well, well. Uh, you know, I, I grew up watching uh, Captain Harlock. Yeah. Uh, in French, it's called uh, Albator. Yeah. And uh, it's a very, very nice uh, movie that, uh, well, TV show and movie, anime, anime movie that, uh, that that led me to do many things in space, uh, in what I like about culture and so on. Uh, and he is a space pirate, so yes. Exactly, exactly. I, uh, I, really, I very much love this, uh, this, this anime as well. Um, so, Jérôme, let's jump right into it. Um, you know, I like discussing with entrepreneurs. I want to know where Jérôme grew up, uh, who inspired him as a young kid. And um, yeah, what were you doing when you were five to eight? Oh, so when I was five, I was, I was in the eastern region of France, close to the border of Luxembourg. I'm French and Luxembourgish, and I, I grew up in a small town called Thionville. Uh, in Mosul, uh, and I spent like 18 years there. And uh, when I was five, I was in kindergarten, and uh, I was passionate about space. I was, I wanted to to one day become a, a an astronaut. I, I I learned that I needed to do a lot of study to that to <laughs> that, uh, probably a PhD in physics and uh, and so on. Um, and and uh, I remember uh, doing my my first very first promise. Uh, my this, this teacher assistant at the, at this kindergarten asked me what I was going to do, and I was like, oh, I want to I want to go to space. I want to go to to the moon and so on. <laughs> and she told me like, oh well, if you go to the moon, like bring me something. And I, like, I promise you, I'm going to bring you a rock uh, when I go back uh, from the moon. Uh, unfortunately, I never went to the moon oh, so far. So far. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad that space travel is uh, becoming more and more of a reality, even for, for traditional tourists. Um, but in July, I have a, a collaboration with um, a, a, a watch brand, uh, where we are going to put a, a piece of the moon inside the watch. Uh, so I will finally add up to that promise 
30 years after. No way. I will get her a Moonwatch and uh, I'll send it to her and be like, hey, you remember? Uh, I remember, but probably you don't. But I I'm also want to... one. <laughs> well, you, you'll be, uh, you, you, can, uh, you can have those at ETC. Okay. Um, we have a little pop-up store and uh, we do a couple of collaborations like this. Uh, it's very fun. fun. Like uh, you have a, the face of the moon and also a piece of the moon inside the, Crazy. Inside the, the DL. Uh, but yeah, so I grew up in, in Mosul, um, I spent uh, 18 years there, uh, like traditional uh, kid growing up out of, out of Paris in the, in the in small towns in France. Just like Maximilian in uh, our first podcast, he grew up like in a 2,000 uh, people village in <laughs> well, the middle of Austria. It, it was a 50,000 people town. Uh, but yeah, and what were you doing? Uh, were you going into into the lens with your bike? Uh, were you playing video games? What playing video games? a lot of video game. I was. Uh, I heard I was, you were a collector of video games. Yes, I I, I used to do that, and uh, my my best friends from childhood has a, a nostalgia gaming uh, um, a nostalgia gaming shop now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I've I, I'm close to having the complete collection of every game that has been published on Game Boy. Okay, that's my that's my personal achievement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I grew up with this very close friend, and my I was lucky that my my parents got divorced when I was very young okay. because they they were uh, you know they 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 kind of feel uh, sad about it and and feel like uh, it was going to impact me and so on. So okay. they wanted to make it up to me by offering me video games. Okay, <laughs> so very very glad they got divorced and got me uh, an NES, uh, the All first right. the first Nintendo uh, when I was five five or six. Uh, yeah, 1992. What was the game you, you, you played the most? Oh, Ninja Turtle. Okay. <laughs> well, if you've watched any, any video game YouTube channel, like uh, Angry Video Game Nerd, or yeah. in France, uh, Joueur du Grenier, those kind of, uh, of TV or YouTube channels, uh, they've all tested these games. Uh, games back in those days were utterly difficult. Uh, and finishing, I, I don't think I ever finished Ninja Turtle on, on NES, but it was so hard. I still get goosebumps when I hear the <laughs> from when your your Ninja Turtle is like super low in energy. Um, so I got I got a couple of I had a couple of close friends back in those days, and uh, we were like gathering up to play video games, um, like play play all together on those uh, those adventure games, or do sometimes. Uh, more uh, PvP games, uh, or like GoldenEye on Nintendo 64, or uh, Final Fantasy on PlayStation. I remember like that. Those, those, big, <laughs> those big hits. Uh, and when we get a, a, a cool non-hit game, we will share it with each other and, uh, and have fun. I was not pretty much into sport, not, not going too much on doing soccer and so, and so on, uh, but playing a lot of video games, and uh, at some point I ended up playing computer games and uh, fell completely in love with a game called Warcraft 3, uh, RTS game, and then uh, Frozen Throne, the, the, the add-on to, to Warcraft 3. And I had um, a, bit of a, a bit of a career. I had a good level in, uh, in, in eSport at that time, uh, or whatever eSport was, like in the year 2002, <laughs> 3, 4. Uh, you wouldn't get a big check for, for winning a tournament, but... Uh, still not, actually. <laughs> oh, well, ESWC ES back in the days was like uh, maybe 5K or 10K if you okay. were winning the ESWC. Wow. So it was really low. Uh, but you had a lot of uh, hardware, like you got a ball, uh, motherboards or, or GPUs and so on. Uh, so it was fun to go to, to LAN parties and, uh, and try to, to be the best and beat the others and, and, get, and get some cool hardware to enhance your computer. Um, 
the, this uh, this this community of uh, of export gamer was very nascent at this at this time. Uh, there is a really well known uh, um, StarCraft player that played a lot of uh, of Warcraft three as well. Whose name was uh, Elki okay. um, or Bertrand Gropelier. Uh, he was our idol when we were kids because the guy went to South Korea to become a pro StarCraft player. Okay, uh, he was dating Korean model and we were like, wow, this is amazing, <laughs> wow, he's living the life. Like, uh, you, he was, he was uh, born and, and, and raised uh, in a town that was not too far from mine and, uh, and we met him a couple of times. We were like, wow, it's amazing. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, he, he ended up becoming a, a very well-known uh, uh, poker player, Elki. Okay. Um, and uh, I wanted to become a pro player uh, like him. Uh, I missed a couple of opportunities. I was not good enough. And all the people from my generation, all the not so close friends or friends went to, went to go to South Korea and, and then go back and started a YouTube TV, TV channel and so on. And me, I went to university and I ended up in Paris. And <laughs> been, been there ever since. <laughs> oh, damn, you lost... Uh, well... Each, each each person has has its track. I think you have no regrets. Yeah, at uh, some at some point maybe Kameth will uh, sponsor one of those esports teams, and I will I will exactly. live the, I will live the life. That, that's great. what I say to myself because <laughs> I, I I I know that I I, I love motorsport. Yeah. and I want to start my own well, motorsport. Uh, we need we need, we need to talk about that. <laughs> we need to talk about that because our our CTO at uh, at Kameth is um, is really fun of motorsport too, and uh, we want to do uh, an endurance. Uh, oh uh, please! Yeah, I've done, an I've endurance done. race in, in October in Lisbon All right. team building so if you want to join oh, perfect. Perfect. I, I would definitely want to join I already did one endurance competition six hours six hours okay yeah. the one so. we have in mind is uh, the fun cup it's eight hours okay uh, but it's let's train let's train alright 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 so I'll keep that uh, I'll keep that in mind so you mentioned Elki as one of the people who inspired you as, uh, as a child as a is gamer there, yeah is there anyone else um, well um, not so much I mean well, astronauts like uh, okay. the the classic Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, or or the all the Russians that went. But to you ended up studying well. economics. Uh, I ended up doing physics. Okay. Uh, and then after I joined school, the, the school I went to had uh, different departments, and okay. I decided to go to the economic department okay. uh, because I was kind of bored of. Uh, Oh, physics? Well, bored of physics. Can you ever be bored of physics? But ah, <laughs> I mean, I, I was. Uh, I, I, it was super tough to, uh, you know, the, the French system when you have to pass a contest to end up to join the school. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a lot of theory to 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 learn, and it's a lot of exercise to to do, and and you have to learn to do those problems. You have to to solve all the problems from the years before, so you make sure that uh, the days of the exam you are, yeah. you are the best, and you pass the contest, and you end up in the good school. Uh, and I was just so bored of uh, studying like uh, like uh, okay here is a train and it's breaking and then in the train there is like a, a piece of soap and the soap is like what is, what is the soap doing you, you get four hours so, man I, I ended up doing so many of those exercises I was like okay now I'm in the school I'm just stopping physics like okay. I, I don't I don't want to do physics anymore and, overdose uh, of physics <laughs> overdose of physics and, uh, yeah but I'm I'm kind of Going back there, back to, to physics now, uh, as a hobby or yeah. as trying to, to get um, to to get to know what's the latest theory or what's the latest discovery we are doing in this field, um, and um, and yeah, I focus on economics after this. Interesting, interesting. I, I stopped physics when I started working on uh, on quantum physics. Uh, man, it's next level mathematics, <laughs> and I just couldn't keep up. But uh, it's, a, right. it's a funny switch because uh, you, you do 
so many analytical mathematics, yeah. uh, so many algebra uh, and so on. And uh, and then, oh yeah, oh by the way, there is quantum mechanics. So here's some <laughs> statistics, guys. Have fun. Uh, it's kind of the same in, uh, in in economics actually, because initially the the, the, the when you go your bachelor and master, uh, you do some statistics, of course. Uh, but at the end, when you are doing research in economics, then they, they they put you in the situation where uh, we have solutions to you know let's let's uh, modelize growth, for example, mm. uh, and then you realize that well, this is a solution of modelizing growth uh, for sure. But we have also the statistic approach, and then yeah. uh, you need to learn econometrics. True. And uh, and, and actually, the formulas are very close from uh, yeah. um, hydrodynamics or, or yeah. And it's not a it's it's not a an hazard because uh, it's, well it. it it was meant to be because a lot of physicians went to do uh, went to do um, economics, economics and, yeah. and try to inspire themselves from what they learn uh, on other fields to yeah. apply to, to economics at some point. True, that's uh, that's very much true. So um, you let's let's get into your project mm -hmm. comments. Um, so I I, I I see where it comes from. To be honest, I, I totally forgot that you you studied economic uh, physics before uh, the economics, and uh, I, I just thought you were very much passionate about sci-fi. And I've seen in the gameplay that there is a lot of you know you play with the tra trajectories, the mm. orbitals, and, and <laughs> it's like you need to be a physician to calculate the the, 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 the perfect angle. To, it's to a geek mine. game, yeah. <laughs> so the first version was a, was a geek game, but tell us more about. So yeah, the comet comes from your yeah. Um, uh, your dream of being like going into the space, your your fascination for for sci-fi. Um, uh, what else? Fascination for blockchain as a of course as a, as a medium. Um, I re so uh, when I was um, twenty well twenty twelve or so on, I started to do a little bit of blockchain as a hobby, like learning to uh, uh, the very idea of uh, money without central bank was quite appealing. Mm -hmm. um, to, to close the loop on, on physics when you when you start doing physics when you start doing economics after having done a lot of physics you're like what is the what is the unit of all of this like you have you have a equation or like what what is money in, inside of it what is the is it measured in dollar uh, what is this uh, uh, speed of money exchange how do you measure that uh, I, I asked myself a lot of questions about definitions about uh, uh, what is money? How can it be? Uh, how can we can we think about? It? How can we conceptualize it? Um, and with time, you learn that uh, that the concept that economics are 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 about are very much social uh, terms or or social constructs. Um, and so you try to apply a mathematic reasoning or or a rationality on on the on the links that you make between different trends that you observe in what you call the economy uh, and so you build a model and then you ended up you're like okay we have money and then at some point you forget about what <laughs> is money or what you what, what all the philosophy and yeah, reflections true. and theory you had about money and the, when I discovered uh, that some people were trying to build money without central bank I was like wow this is so amazing oh and there is computers and you can build a a Bitcoin miner with credit mm -hmm. with, with, with uh, motherboard and, and GPUs. Oh, that's so cool! Like, let's do it. So I was doing that, and then I started to be more, uh, more and more of a hobby, and then become a a, a full time job for me. I joined Ernst and Young, and then Consensus, and then the whole cycle started to to be uh, super 
super interesting. Like uh, the 2016-17 was amazing years to be to be in crypto. And so 2018, uh, when I was at Consensus leading the the, the B2B uh, um, the B2B services that we had back in those days, uh, we were struggling on getting uh, young engineers or, or uh, new developers to join the field because the market was super down. We went uh, we went to uh, uh, for Ether it was uh, $1,400 to about $80 and people were like, well, this, this market is just dead. Like, uh, when would I want to join this? <laughs> um, so with, with my team, uh, we tried to create small games, small stuff that, uh, that could be interesting for uh, people to discover blockchain. And we had a, we had a game called Rainbow Token. Uh, and so Rainbow Token was, uh, it was a, a game where uh, you, you you, you mint an NFT, and this NFT is just uh, a color uh, on the RGB scale. Okay. So it can be super red, super green, super blue, or whatever mix of, the, of those three. And other players were also minting NFTs. And so you have a little board of the different colors, and we, we draw an objectives. Like, uh, okay, the target is to go to this kind of blue, or this kind of red, or this kind of, uh, of yellow, or whatever. Okay. And so the, the way it was, uh, it was uh, played is that people were merging with other players and when they were merging the, the players that were that was playing to to mer paying to merge was getting the color of the other one and mixing it with its own color and ended up with a different color so it was okay. simple addition of vectors and then uh, divided by two and then yeah. you ended up uh, with, uh, with a new color um, it's really simple and also really easy to solve if you pose the problem because you have a target color which is a point in space uh, technically yeah. uh, and so if you are able to construct a pyramid uh, with three different with four different uh, points around this uh, this target you could merge uh, repeatedly it was a very easy algorithm and you ended up having the right color at the end okay so it was a uh, it was game theory applied because there was a solution and the game could be like a Either, either you collaborate, either you are adversarial. So you could raise your price in order that people won't merge with you or lower your price in order that people will merge with you. And we were going from one engineering school to another explaining like, hey, we have this cool game, you want to discover blockchain. And then uh, we, we saw that people were having a lot of fun and be like, okay, so this is blockchain, like you actually apply all of those uh, things about cryptography and, and networking theory and so on and on doing games and applications. Okay, I get it. Oh, okay, maybe I'm interested to, to have an internship. Okay. Um, and that gave me a lot of a lot of cool ideas about how we can apply blockchain to gaming as a, as a medium, uh, just as you would consider 3D as a, as a medium of expression for your games. Like uh, now we have games that are heavily relying on 3D to say, I'm going to give you an immersive experience because uh, the fabric of your of your blue jeans in 3D is looking so amazing. So you feel <laughs> like you are actually in a movie, or you are uh, getting better in the skin of your of your character. Um, or people will like use uh, uh, connectivity and, and and networking to create games where you are playing against someone else from another part of the world. So multiplayer games try really revolutionized how uh, we do games and we think about games now, creating new narratives. And when I was trying to figure out what blockchain could mean to, uh, to gaming, I was uh, mesmerized by all the possibility. Like, uh, it's, it's a whole new medium where we can host games. And that's what we wanted to do with our, with our first game with Comets. We wanted to uh, create a, a whole new games with a 
completely new things like hey this is a bunch of smart contracts yeah. <laughs> the game is technically a bunch of smart contracts you are you are interacting directly with the blockchain of course there is a front end but you know we were we were pondering like if if the idea of having a, a giant sun and and spaceships orbiting around this sun and people having to connect with each other in order to jump at different position. If this wouldn't have worked, we were like, well, let's do let's do the same thing with submarines. It's yeah. the kind of the same thing. Like it's just a front end. Uh, but the narrative was uh, was kind of working this way because we had um, we had designed a, so there is a sun and, and and you have a spaceship and so the spaceship is orbiting the sun. Uh, other people that join the game have different orbits. And so the goal of the game is to uh, do what we call gravity pulling. So you have your spaceship, I have my spaceship. I I connect with you, I pay you a little fee, and I end up midway between you and me at a new orbit. Yeah. Uh, and by the merging reason, the two vectors. Yeah, exactly. And and by and and by doing so, I'm, I'm at this new point, and what I'm anticipating is that some asteroids are coming, and so I want to be close enough with them so I can mine them or extract what's what's inside those asteroids. Cool. The, the, that's, so we, we've talked about sci-fi. Um, most of the game that you mentioned are, are strategy game. Yeah. And you've also said uh, our first game. So it <laughs> yeah. opens the door to more games. <laughs> lots lots, more lots, about and lots that. of more games. So we had a very radical approach with this first game, being like, well, we, we can host the whole game in the blockchain. Uh, so you get a very clunky game, very, very, very slow. Yeah. Uh, everything has to be turn-based because the, the, the game itself, the game state itself, updates itself with block. every block, well, right, um, and then you can you have races like, uh, hey, I want I want my transaction to be there before you. I want to be uh, done before you because I will move before you and eventually get get more than you if I if I get before, uh, if I get in before. Um, and we started to 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 dig a little bit more about how what would be the benefit of the blockchain in this case. Uh, well, first you don't have to rely on the server. So if you remember World of Warcraft and other MMORPG, yeah. it's super hard technically to have more than, uh, let's say, 1,500 players playing at the same time on the same server. It and there was a lot of servers. True. Yeah. Um, it feels like a lot, but it's also not that much, right? 1,500. Like, uh, yeah, that's not even the, the small town uh, Maximilian. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and in the blockchain, you can be... Thousands and thousands, it doesn't really matter. And actually, we, we, we kind of stress tested that. Uh, in July 2021, we hosted a tournament with uh, 3,000 players playing at the same time. So it was, it was a mess, and the RPC endpoint <laughs> fell a couple of times, and the, the fees rise. But yeah. you know what? People were playing. So it was so cool, uh, really cool. And so we started to, to see how we can use different aspects of blockchain as a way of creating new gameplay. And we ended up. Uh, First, integrating uh, decentralized finance primitives and, and other blockchain primitives inside how uh, classic features of a game works. Uh, so we have a new game coming up. Well, it's it's in, going to be in public uh, in public beta when uh, I think when this podcast releases because <laughs> we are going to re to open up the beta uh, this week. Okay. Uh, it's it's closed beta, but you have to apply in a, an hour or so after we open it up right now. And so this new game is a is a classic trading card games like a lot of blockchain games have have went this direction. Uh, but the twist is that the cards are actually crafted. Like uh, we're not selling cards, you are you are getting resources out of your wins. Okay. 
So if I beat you, I get some resources, cool, okay. and I get a better ranking. Uh, if I want to sell those resources, I'm like, yeah, sure, sell those resources a couple of cents. Uh, but your ranking went up. So if okay. every player has their ranking going up and you are always always selling your resources, your deck is not going to be better and at some point you will just lose. And do you use uh, the some of the NFTs from the first game? Yeah, yeah. Our, our approach is to only use the NFTs that we have minted from the previous games. Okay. Uh, but we do uh, redesign and, and refactoring and, and, and enhance the, the graphic experience. So now with those resources, you can craft cards. And here's where I think the, the beauty of uh, full blockchain integration got into place uh, is that if you want to, dip, to, to create a recipe for a card, a recipe for a card is mixing those resources. This recipe is actually a deposit on a decentralized finance protocol, a index. Yeah. Uh, so you are contributing to the liquidity of the different token that you are using to craft. And so if, the, if the, the price between two resources are changing a lot, the recipe evolves uh, naturally uh, because it's always a matter of creating one liquidity pool tokens, mm -hmm. uh, which always represent a, a weighted average on the two, on the two tokens. Um, so I, I put those resources, I get my cards, I can now, like, I'm happy with the cards I draw or I can grind it to get some of the resource back and, and, and craft again. Uh, but when I grind the card, I get the resource back. Uh, so you, you get a way of uh, gamifying a decentralized finance this way, uh, mm -hmm. telling people like, hey, you can do this deposit in this DeFi protocol, uh, get a card to play with, and um, if in a, mo a month from now you want to grind the card, you'll, you'll get the token back plus the yield, like you mm -hmm. just deposit it and, and play with it. Uh, and in the same way, uh, if someone says, well, I want to have the whole collection, so I'm buying a lot of resources. Well, if you're buying a lot of resources, you are pushing the price of all the tokens up, uh, and the cards that have been minted before have still those tokens inside of them through the LP. So it's pushing the price of all the cards yeah. up. Compound <laughs> yield. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's, it's like the. Yeah, that's what I really loved when I read the first Comet white paper, is that you really find found a way to gamify the decentralized finance. Mm. Basically, you can uh, get some. Missed, like very rare accessories by uh, staking, bringing liquidity, and then mm. farming your LP token to get those accessories. And so people are just experimenting decentralized finance, but as a gamified quest to get yeah, something else. That's that's a way of uh, affirming it exactly. Like uh, you you, you want to make the the hardest uh, items or the, the rarest item the hardest to get. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it shouldn't be like uh, oh, only the only only the rich can get those uh, those items. Like, uh, the the quest should be there. Uh, so in the in the economic design that we have, we try to um, we try to make it so that uh, the game stays uh, fair and and rewarding for the players that are investing time in it. Uh, we don't really like the the the, the play to earn gimmick. Yeah. Okay, play to earn, earn, and so on, because when you put the earn before the fun, uh, the fun cannot disappear. Like yeah. the the shadow of the earn is just too much. Uh, so we try to remove everything that's uh, that's linked to an earning aspect, a strict earning aspect, 
in a way that uh, if the player is just here to get a couple of cents and go back to doing something else, uh, the game is not going to be fun for him and he's just going to uh, to, to to lay uh, to, to lag behind the rest of the of the, the crew playing. Uh, hence, this mechanism of uh, your elo ranking is going up. If you win, you get some resources, but if you don't craft and don't upgrade your deck for the next league, uh, well, you are just going to 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 have a couple of losses before you actually can can get resources again. Um, and so that's that's our, our upcoming games that's uh, that's in beta phase right now, um, and we try to expand that. We wanted to have a good way of doing PvP battles, and so cards is a very good way of doing those PvP battles. Uh, we have a couple of tricks around those cards. I won't get too much into the details, but it's a, it's a mix of uh, two other games called Slay the Spire, uh, rog rog uh, rog game with with uh, a TCG rog roguelike and TCG mixed up. I yeah. really like this game. Uh, mixed with uh, ideas from uh, from Magic the Gathering and Hearthstone to like uh, wow. a cool, cool way of playing. <laughs> Cocktail Molotov. Uh, yeah. Um, and we have another game that is in, in pre-production, uh, a Toro Defense, uh, where we use procedural generation from the blockchain. Okay. So the next idea that we want to explore and create the proper tooling to, to represent that in a game is to uh, to to use the the entropy of the blockchain as a way to generate procedurally new yeah. levels for the game. Um, so procedural generation has been around for quite some time in video games. So you have a, you have a seed and it generates a, a new dungeon and you are mm -hmm. scrolling this dungeon. Uh, one very known game about that is, uh, is uh, Binding of Isaac, very successful in the game. And other, other games are trying to use that, like uh, the new level is procedurally generated yeah. with this seed. And if you want to redo the same level, you just reuse the seed or you pass the seed to Bilal and be like, hey, try to be this one. Uh, what we want to see is how we can uh, we can use this procedural generation directly from inside the blockchain. So everybody that will play the game at a certain point is playing the same game. Okay. But not necessarily together, but still together because we are all playing this, uh, the this, this, same, uh, this, this same level together. Uh, so we'll try to do uh, a good to our defense with those uh, with those systems and also use the fact that uh, into our defense you are trying to to put the right tower at the right spot at the right time and sometimes you realize like oh damn I'm uh, I'm late uh, I should have put two too many two two more towers here or or one big towers there uh, mm -hmm. and so in this case you have the you have the clock of the blockchain that help you out in that and uh, and you'll be able to uh, uh, be in a super hurry and be like, okay, I'm paying a lot of fees in order to get my towers there. Okay. <laughs> this kind of thing. So that's will be uh, that. This is another game that we have in pre-production right now. All right. Yeah, it's a very complex matter. As we're also experiencing that and in the game with with the breeding, and we have to generate a new offsprings out of two. <laughs> And um, so, yeah, technological co <laughs> complexities on top of building a, a game. <laughs> yeah, and if you if you take a, a step back on the conceptual matters, mm -hmm. the the thing that excites us in those applications of blockchain for gaming is seeing how you can bring blockchain stuff into classic features, like procedural generation is now classic features of many games. Uh, crafting is also classic features of many games. So we, we try to see how much we can blockchainize that and then create a set of tools that uh, can be used by other game developers. And we have uh, our first engagements uh, on the on the B2B side where uh, web Two studios uh, wants to use blockchain in their games and are using our technology to create uh, 
more blockchain enhanced gaming, not just a, oh yeah, we're going to do an <coughs> NFT drop and uh, yeah, it's like a DLC, but it's an NFT or it's like a skin, but it's an NFT. No, let's, let's see what blockchain can really bring in terms of uh, different experiences. And uh, well, we have fun doing B2C games that have uh, their own community and their own successes. Okay. And on the side, we are doing more and more B2B engagement now. So Comet is not a vi just a video game, it's, it's a gaming studio. Yeah, we like that, the uh, we that. like the image of uh, you know what Epic Game did with uh, Unreal Engine. Yeah. Uh, they started with uh, Unreal Engine, and then well, they started with a couple of games that were cool more games. Yeah. Uh, more well, so not not that successful, but still uh, yeah. had a, had a critical success for some of them. And then they built the Unreal Engine and started to do Unreal Tournament to showcase for the tech. And then on Unreal Tournament two, three, four. Uh, and every time it was a new milestone for the for the company that was uh, starting to distribute this technology to other studios. Uh, so we are trying to to follow this path, and uh, that's the narrative we tell to VCs now. Like, hey guys, we have a couple of successful games, and we have a cool tech. So help us ramp up on the on the technology, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll bring more more revenue. You've uh, yeah, wish you the best of luck with that. Um, you you've you've mentioned play to earn, play and earn. What is your take on play to own? On <laughs> play to, play own. to own. Okay, interesting. Can you explain that? The the real well, for me the real the real revolution of blockchain is changing the paradigm we have with ownership. Yeah. Like uh, the fact that I own this T-shirt is because I'm wearing it. I can prove that I've paid for it yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you want to take it from me you'll have to use force or, or ask nicely so like yeah it's my t-shirt right mm. <laughs> if you can see the money that's pretty much the same way until uh, you put it in a bank and the bank is the custodian of this money and uh, yeah and if I want to move a lot of money I would have to prove that it's actually my money um, so like ownership is is, is, a, is a weird thing it's also a social construct mm -hmm. uh, protected by the law and and at, at some point like uh, it's it, it doesn't get that much protection by the law because like if you want to prove that you own this painting you have to put it in your family for a couple of generations you have, you have those kind of problems as well so what blockchain brings is ownership through uh, through cryptography and through private keys uh, ownership through private keys is really good for moving unit of accounts and notably like we can argue that bitcoin is money or not money and ether is money or not money or all for some money it's, well, it's, it's yeah. something that is valuable and yeah and so because people give it some value and so it's easier to transfer it. <laughs> yeah. And if you play a game and you have a value transfer between players, like oh yeah, you're earning if you are if you are speculating on the money or if you are like look look at it this way, like um uh Aristotle was criti cri criticized chromatistics, uh, which was for him uh, a, a how some of his uh, fellow friends or or contemporary citizens were just accumulating money. So the, 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 the way of just uh, getting money for money. Like uh, for, for Aristotle, it was bad to be a, a merchant that will buy a rug, sell a rug to someone else and, and make make a profit out of those mm -hmm. buying this rug and selling it to someone else. Because money for Aristotle was a measure. It's a way of measuring the value of something. So if you're able to buy something on, on the left and sell it on the right for more, uh, you are abusing the measure. Mm -hmm. And so it's not right to abuse the measure. And uh, you find that in, uh, in different uh, uh, philosophy about money and also religion about money, uh, like both in Islam and, 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 and um, 
and uh, Catholic and, and also Christian uh, wave, they're like, well, no, okay, you shouldn't do that because we reinterpreted yeah. Aristotle and we, and we agree with that. Uh, and funny enough, it's, uh, it's considered a crime against nature in the Divine Committee from Dante. Uh, <laughs> so if you were, uh, if you were having, uh, um, if, if you were homosexual or having uh, uh, sex with animals, you ended up in the seventh circle of, uh, of of hell yeah. for your sins, but also if you were a banker because uh, <laughs> you were you were having a problem with uh, me measure and, 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 and crime against yeah. nature because you are you were against the, the very measure abusing of abusing the, the abusing the, the measure, yeah. uh, ab abusing the natural order of uh, this is what is meant to be not True. this, uh, and and when you kind of put it into a game, it's like uh, well uh, you are creating an economy in your game where some of the players are only going to be there to exploit the system and, and speculate on the items uh, in order to earn. So you either create a real value out of this, like uh, okay, it's super hard to be a merchant, you have to have your own shop. And we are sliding the conversation into metaverses, like hey, I'm having a shop <laughs> in the metaverse, so like I'm selling you something. So you have to appreciate that my selection of good is great. Like, uh, hey, here's a really nice uh, painting. It's in my shop. I, I created it. Uh, so uh, yes, you accept to pay me a premium instead of uh, going to buy them directly with the artist because you, know, you like my selection and you want to be able to say like, oh, I purchased it from Jerome's shop. So <laughs> here I'm giving a service. But uh, that I think that's an okay way of having player earning in your game, like uh, bringing value towards the players to others, and, yeah. and so on. Uh, but when you are doing it in a very naive way of uh, like, hey, this is, there, I'm going to sprinkle a token on you when, when you win. And uh, when you get this token, you just sell it to players that are willing to buy it. Mm -hmm. uh, in this case, you can you create different classes of players. Um, some of them are just here to have the fun and you have to bring a lot of content to keep that fun. And some of them are just not here about the content. They are just here to... Uh, accumulate tokens and sell them to, to to players that are playing for the content and uh, and, uh, and and doing that because there is no uh, no other no 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 better opportunity in in their life or or in their in real life uh, yeah. opportunities for work. Uh, so you rapidly end up in a place where uh, in order to keep on keep 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 your economy growing, you need to have more and more player playing for the content in order to have those players actually paying for the services of the players that are not paying for the content, but just for the earn. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard to find yeah. this virtuous circle. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's quite hard to, to find. And it's a, it's a, it's a finite, finite world in terms of number of players or at least yeah. slowly growing, uh, or kind of, kind of slowly growing, uh, a number of players available. So, it's, uh, it's really hard to uh, to sustain. Tell us more about your your community because you're in the sweet spot of uh, yes sci-fi and almost pop culture. In yeah, terms of gameplay. I I'm not I'm not super sure what's driving them to 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 our games. Like, is it is it the sci-fi? Is it the cool design? Is it the the fact that they found the NFT cool and they're like, yeah. oh well, I got this NFT. What can I do with it? <laughs> uh, so the, the first game had 10,000 unique players and we had uh, about 4.5 thousand 4 uh, NFTs sold. Uh, our, our way of putting NFT on the market was to say if we have two or three players, we should have a new ship uh, on, on, the, um, on the market. We don't want it to, 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 to uh, like... How did, you, how did you control the supply of the ships? 
Oh, we just minted them and put them on the market in the primary. Okay. Um, you didn't have any law of <coughs> it wasn't, warranting a limited supply? Yeah, and it, it wasn't also like, uh, oh, there's going to be 4,000 that are common, 3,000 that are uncommon, etc., yeah. rare, and so on. Uh, we just tried to figure out what was the appetite for the different ship. And uh, okay. if you were going to the Comet NFT shop, which was like a, a, a simple version of a simple Shopify, let's say. Well, Shopify is just going to the NFT uh, world now, but uh, like two years ago, it didn't exist. So we had to rebuild the shop and be like, okay, uh, you can purchase this ship for X mm -hmm. amount of Ether or X amount of Matic. Um, so we created this, this simple Shopify and we were like, uh, if you want to buy a common spaceship, this is the price. If you want to buy a non-common spaceship, this is the price. If you want to buy a rare, this is the price. And if you want to buy a medic, we're going to run a, a, an auction from, some, from time okay. to time. Um, and the way we handle, we handle the supply is looking at our unique players and engagement of players and be like, okay, well, we should put more spaceship in, in, into, the, into the shop because uh, some players are playing and they don't have a spaceship. So we have a we had a we had a, a rental system also. Um, so players that wanted to play but didn't have a spaceship could rent from other players. Um, and so our I think our community was uh, kind of curious to about what we could build uh, initially. Uh, so they followed us because they knew us from uh, from yeah. other projects and uh, and from words to mouth they were like. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, let's 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 try this comment game and, and, and see see how it works. And now we have uh, about fifty k players uh, between the waitlist and the, and the waitlisted uh, players on the on the beta. Uh, and our objective for this game is to go up to uh, one hundred and fifty uh, by the end of the year, or by by the end of the year. Yes. Okay. Um, so if things go right, like the, the, the market doesn't crash too much and people don't get too much into uh, depression, like uh, mm. we'll probably hit that. And uh, I have a good feeling that uh, either way, if the, the market continues crashing or the market recovers, uh, or I don't even think we can really call it a crash or <laughs> recovery, seeing the level that we are right now. But either way, people will want to have fun and people want to, to see different things. So mm. uh, I doubt that we'll be really uh, in a tough spot to reach those objectives. Uh, the, the, the hard part, and I think you, you may have experienced that as well with Dogemi, is that the, the, the amount of players we can, we can reach is not the same as the, the, the classic gamers. Like yeah. If you open up like, I don't know, the BCG or Ernst Young reports on gaming, they're like, oh, there's 3 billion players. <laughs> because yes, you, have a, you, you buy a smartphone, there is by default yeah. a game, and most of the people have tried this game, so, oh, hey, you're a gamer. Uh, are we considering uh, like the, the the 500 million uh, units of PlayStation sold, or uh, what, what is your market? Yeah. Um, in our in our analysis, the market is like between 30 million to 50 million players that are potential players because okay. they are, they are uh, using blockchain at least once a week, okay. doing a transaction on an Ethereum chain or on whatever chain. Uh, so those are the people that we can reach, and for us. Uh, for us, reaching one or two percent of those uh, of those thirty million or those fifty million will be an achievement. Like okay, okay. we want to have those people trying our games, and we we put budget and we build games in order to to. Uh, so among get people, people familiar with Web three and blockchain and DApps. Yeah, I'm I'm not so sure uh, we can compete with uh, with. Um, well, any game you get as a pre-roll or watching a YouTube video. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, uh, definitely. It's not the same kind of gameplay. Yeah, and uh, even if you know, more casual TC strategy. T TCG games are, have their own audience, uh, but even in the TCG world, if you look at the, we are, we are going to run a, a campaign on, um, on on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and so on, and, and on YouTube as well. If you look at the people that are watching Hearthstone videos, you'll be like, okay, it's very similar to Hearthstone, but it's in space and we have similar mechanics, so it's easy to learn, let's go. Uh, you're talking about 25 to 30 million players that are actually looking at that. Uh, how, much can, how many of them can you, can you convert? The, the demand for players' attention is really, really high. Um, and when they install the game or when they try the game, they, they, they expect to have an experience that is similar to what they, have be, what they had before. They expect to have a great tutorial. They expect to have amazing graphics. Yeah. They expect to have some lore or, or some uh, appealing characters like, oh, there is a dwarf, or oh, it's, it's really cool, or oh, there is an elf, oh, uh, yeah, there is a, an anime girl, oh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm feeling comfortable with playing this game because it has so many references that I, I have learned before. Uh, and even if a game like, a, uh, let's say, Clash of Clans or, or any of those games where you see a tower and you have to jump in the tower and you just... I. I've never tried those games, but I've watched those pre-rolls so much that I, I kind of feel like what it would, will look like playing it. Uh, all of those games, have, even if they have simple graphics, they have huge budgets. Like we, we're talking about yeah. several millions of, uh, of budget. And we only raised 10, so <laughs> we're, not, we're not going this direction yet. So we're focusing on, uh, on tackling a market that uh, we think we can But, but I, I, mean, I just realized something that I found very smart because um, I've been lately very much challenging the like the play-to-earn model in the sense where you have to build a collection, a limited edition collection, and then sell it, and then gives you access to the game. Um, I don't like that because it makes it very hard to scale to like a million or 50 million or 30 million users. Mm. Um, at the gaming, we cho we've chosen dogs because you have a lot of different breeds, and we said, okay, thanks to that, we're going to be, be able to create a lot of diversity, yet having uniqueness. But um, as a matter of fact, I'm trying to push for, for uh, within Dogami and other projects that contacts me to have kind of this maybe free to own model mm. where you, you, you have no friction uh, to, to get into the game. Uh, you can eventually like claim some ships or the avatar that, that allows you to, to play. And with having the company always respecting this ratio between like the community and, and, and the mm. number of tokens in circulation, to, to keep the hype and, and the, the, the envy uh, on the game. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a hard balance to find. Uh, the, our, our first game, you couldn't play if you hadn't a spaceship or hadn't rented a yeah. spaceship. Uh, in this new game, you get, a, you get a free spaceship if you play. Uh, it's, it's a boring and, and ugly spaceship. Yeah. But you well, get free to play. Yeah. And uh, and you get rate limited. Like if you play if you play if, if you play four games, uh, you, those first four games you you get you will you will get some resources to craft cards. But after those four games, you can continue playing for the for the LR ranking, and you have to wait a couple of hours for those games to be uh, rewarding you with more resources to craft. Um, so if you really like the game. You should either rent a spaceship uh, from someone, or you should get yourself a spaceship to experience the, the full game. So we we kind of see that as a, there is a there is a, a demo level demo levels mm -hmm. that you can demo levels that you can you can try, 
or uh, there are there are um, premium experience if you actually own the NFT. Um, and you mentioned like, well, we can sell a collection and then deliver something. Uh, it's very close to what you see in indie games uh, funding. Like, uh, hey, here's my Kickstarter. Like, no. give me some money. I'll produce this game. Uh, and then uh, $100,000 later, you actually have a game or have an abundant project. Uh, it's. I think it's. There is a. There is a very uh, important case, and I you know you're running a, a a startup studio. So here's an idea for a startup. Uh, a platform to finance video games where you are actually selling NFTs as license, and the license is the following: Hey, get this NFT. It's a license to play my game. Um, the game will be shipped in one year, or two year, or three years. Okay. Let's see. Uh, you can only play the game if you have the license for the first two years of the game. Uh, and then after those three years, uh, we're going to open up the, the, the market and, and start to sell license. And I will share some of the, of the proceeds of uh, those new licenses by rebuying the previous license. So as, okay. a, as, a, as, an, NFT, oh, as an NFT collector or as a, as a video game fan, I'm, just like, hey, sure, I love this game. I think you're a great team. Like, hey, give me, give me, give me two of them. Uh, give me two, two NFTs. Then the game is out. I want to play it. I want to see. I want. I want to showcase that I'm playing this game, yeah. which is very exclusive. Uh, and I want to rent my license. Like, uh, yeah, you you can play my game. You just rent the license. Um, and you can build up interesting also games like this, saying like, well, the game is meant to have ten thousand players, not more, at the same time. And then if we do more, we're going to run another server. Um, so I, I think this is a way to really uh, to really in fit the, the mindset of um, of um, indie indie game producers that, have, uh, that are super respectful with their community and want to give them as much as they as they can and, uh, and consider video game more as a form of art than a, a commercial uh, a commercial uh, industry. Uh, and at the same time, you really yeah. have something that is a. Uh, uh, rewarding the players and, and, and the backers uh, with something that they, they can monetize and they can, uh, of course. They can keep as a memorabilia. Just, just like you said, we, we've known those mechanisms before, like Web3 is just trying to democratize mm -hmm. them and, and, and I think it's a, it's a good thing because it will connect more people with what they like. Um, about connecting people with what they like, um, as a Web3 founder, what can you tell to all the people <laughs> who are wondering um, how I can get up the, lear the learning curve of Web3, which, which is usually mostly biased today. Like <laughs> downloading a wallet is uploading a, is downloading an, an app on your iPhone, so uh, we need to de-diabolize that. Uh, yeah. Uh, what would you say to those, this new generation of, of founders-to-be? Um, start by trying. Um, you wouldn't believe the number of people that apply for a job. I'd, I'd comment probably also at the game, be like, hey, I really want to work with you and I, I really love what you're doing. I want to be in, in crypto. Yeah. Like, cool. Do you, do you have no, a we say Web3. Web3. <laughs> you got the memo. You got the memo. <laughs> cool. Uh, thank you. Do you have a wallet? No, I don't. But I plan on downloading one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's not right. Like, yeah. you, you, you should. Well, the first thing, you know, a lot of people are willing to, uh, to, to open an account on, a, on an exchange and put a couple of, uh, of money uh, at, 
in whatever currency they they find the most fancy and uh, and expect return uh everybody likes to watch podcasts and listen to uh, catchy youtubers be like oh this is going up <laughs> this kind of things uh but actually putting let's say 50 euro in your favorite currency on the wallet and then trying to use the different apps that are available in this blockchain is something that will probably cost you like 50 euro and an hour of your time and get you much more in terms of outcome of uh, what you can actually do with a blockchain and what you can do today so if you're interested in joining this space uh make give, well make yourself a favor like uh, don't, don't waste your time talk well yeah listen to this podcast it's a good <laughs> thing but don't 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 waste your time uh browsing too much the news and uh, how much people are making with this project or what's the, the new big thing or what's this new company that just raised 10 million or whatever like uh, just try the tech like actually try the tech like make download the wallet put some money in this wallet like see how hard or easy it is to transfer from your uh con house account to this uh, to this to this wallet or how easy it is to actually pay with your credit card when using metamask oh yeah you get a fee all right uh like and then try to play logami try to pay comment try to try to use any decentralized finance protocol try it like like really try it yeah. uh you'll do transaction you'll end up with transaction being stuck you'll end up with a problem with storing your private key <laughs> throwing your things and so on um and that's that's the best way to start to learn what is it all about uh because you'll get in touch with people uh, and even eventually you you'll be on the discord say like hey my transaction is stuck what can i do can you help uh I still think that the community is very welcoming and uh, and, and willing to help, uh, like giving advices or, or or telling you like, hey, can you, what, what is this transaction? Oh, this is Ethos scan. So Ethos scan works like this. So this is the transaction going in and out. This is the amount. What is gas? Oh, this works this way. Oh, it doesn't work the same way on Solana. Well, oh, look, look, I'm going to explain it to you. There's a lot of thing to understand, a lot of thing to to, uh, to mix apprehend, together, so. to mix together, and if you are not practicing, you are completely losing track, uh, and, and you've never been on the track in the first place. Mm -hmm. So try it, like like really try it, and uh, and come to meetups. Uh, I, if you're living in a town with more than 100 people, 100,000 people, there's <laughs> likely chances that there are there are meetups around. Uh, meet the community, get to get to know the makers, get to know the builders, get to know the entrepreneurs, and and ask them what's up. Like, uh, be genuine in your in your uh, uh, in your approach and, and and passion for this emerging tech, and you'll have great career in this space. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, is there a, a no, I hate the question of the book that you recommend. So I'll ask you, <laughs> what, what are you reading right now? <laughs> uh, what am I reading right now? What's the book uh, on your uh, table de chevet? <laughs> uh, let me... Well, or a I've book read, that I've, lately... I've, I've read a book about astrology, about debunking astrology. Uh, <laughs> well, my... I got a couple of friends and also my father-in-law is really deep into like, oh, astrology is super important. Okay. So I wanted to get... Astronomy to or astrology? astrology. <laughs> oh, it's not the same. I okay. wanted to get up to speed uh, about that. And uh, there are two physicists, uh, astrophysicists that wrote a book about uh, the history of astrology and okay. now it evolved. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, well, uh, yeah. So like lots of paradox and lots of things. So uh, I, I read it as a... like. 
okay. way of getting, getting accustomed to, uh, to more accustomed to the topic. And uh, indeed, uh, well, when, when the first started to, to to figure out which was the zodiac signs, uh, they ended up putting much more zodiac signs than the one we have right now. <laughs> we just ditched some because it, it matches matches better the the calendar. Okay. Uh, and also, like indeed, like if you were born into uh, if you were born in February, the, the the constellation that you see in the sky is supposed to be the, the fishes. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out that since space is expanding it's yeah. not so much the fishes anymore so sure. like uh, we should update it so and i learned that there are some different trends and, uh, and, and yeah also on the in, solar uh, on the solar calendar and the moon calendar yeah you know, this so it's, it's, that it's full of, of of jokes and trivia about astrology and uh, at the same time i'm, I'm not a i'm not a ultra rationalist like hey we should always be super rational and so on and so forth like yeah okay Astras can have an influence, and stars can have an influence on your life. Like uh, if you did some some quantum physics, like mm -hmm. one two particles get to know each other, they know each other for life. Exactly. So there's definitely things that uh, that are out of our reach and so on. But since and yet, yet we, we we try to understand <laughs> them, we we really, kind of understand them. Really funny book. I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the, the reference. For Please, the, I'll the share it. Uh, I'll share it in the, in the podcast. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're approaching the end of the podcast, Jerome. You've, you've, it's been, it has been very inspiring. Thank you. Likewise. Um, one of the final questions uh, is 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 like you're you're an entrepreneur, you're a family man, you're a father. How do you handle your your what's your daily routine to to be effective in each of them? Uh, well, so I I I wake up early because. The, my, my latest kid is uh, 18 months old, so uh, she's waking us up, and me and my wife. Uh, so our routine is the, the following. My, my wife usually uh, do the, the 7 to 8, and I do the 8 to 9. And uh, we, have a, we have a nanny, and we have the kindergarten after. Mm -hmm. So I usually wake up around 8 and go to work around 9.30. Uh, try to keep, myself, to keep for myself some uh, focus time, so I don't take any calls at a certain point of the day. Uh, also to have some buffers if something happened. Uh, I work really focused like all day. Um, take a break to play our video games <laughs> during lunch. Uh, and then from uh, I go home around seven, uh, take care of the kid and, uh, and, and have dinner with my wife until like 9.30, 10. Uh, my wife likes to sleep earlier, so uh, I get some uh, another focus time and video game time from uh, ten to midnight, and then go to sleep. Okay. Uh, and I'm 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 loving what I'm doing during the day. I'm loving the the time that I get with my family. I get some time alone with my kid when my wife is out, and I get some time with my family and my wife alone when the kids asleep. Uh, and then on the on the weekend, I usually take the Saturday completely off. And uh, I work a little bit on the Sunday just to, to catch up and prepare the week. When there is no Grand Prix in the in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, well, well I, I watch the Grand Prix doing some emails and playing video games, which I, I, I consider doing some, uh, some uh, you know, just get to know get to know what's up in the field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks for, uh, for, for sharing that. Uh, we're running out of time, but in the ritual phase, I will ask one, one, one last question. Um, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Um, hmm. 
I think you're the right person to to ask that because uh, you will say something that I don't expect. <laughs> <laughs> well, does it, it it has to be a superpower that uh, that that is plausible or, or, or no, 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 whatever, whatever. Uh, oh man, I I have to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you can pick two and justify why you, you choose them. Like uh, I want to understand like what were. What's the, the, the mystical inspiration you you have? It could be it could be two things, you know. Um, oh man, you you put so much pressure expecting something great, <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know. Well, um, I I don't know if I would really want to have a superpower because it feels like uh, you know, if you have a superpower and the rest of the world don't have a superpower, like you're like okay. uh, an outlier and. Uh, you know, all of the, well, you, you've seen that in TV shows about uh, superheroes. At some yeah. point, they get a, they get kidnapped, and then yeah, the true. government is uh, looking <laughs> at them and uh, trying to, you know, like uh, really figure out what's what's up. Uh, yeah, but you're looking the the glass half empty right now. Like, <laughs> I know if you had a superpower, you would use it for the world. So yeah, that that's right. But I, I, whatever well, other people want to the, do to you. It, doesn't matter. The superpower that I would like to have is to uh, extend time or okay. extend my my awareness of time. Okay. Uh, so instead of making every 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 hour counts, I want I want to have an hour that I can make two hours out of them. Okay. So like, you want to control time? Not controlling time, but just uh, being able to. Okay. So let's 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 take this as a as like you, you able as you, 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 I would be able to like uh, experience time as if as if I was traveling through it slower. Okay. So for you, uh, we spend an hour together, uh, an hour together, and uh, it's been an hour for you. Maybe it's been two hours for me. Okay. Like maybe I've, uh, I've um, managed to to to, to so look inside myself and meditate and, uh, <laughs> and and experience the time that we spend together as something that, that lasted longer for me than it did for okay. you. Uh, so I, I spent more time thinking about it. I spent more time thinking about my answers. I spent more time uh, enjoying the moments. Yeah. And um, it can go, bo go both ways. I like to be able to sometimes uh, spend time faster. You know, like yeah. uh, I'm, I'm in a waiting room waiting for my appointment for the dentist. So <laughs> uh, in 10 minutes, I wish it was only five or I wish yeah. it was only two. And maybe you could be a well, could be an idea for a game. Like, uh, okay, so here's here's your super super cool trick. If you want to accelerate time, you can accelerate it, and every time you accelerate it, you get some credits to uh, to decelerate time when you want to decelerate it. Uh, <laughs> okay. And I would I wouldn't be I would never be uh, convicted as a superhero with the superpower because you would never know. Sometimes. So you want to use the power <laughs> just for you? Uh, well, I can use the power for everyone. Like if I'm if I'm like I have two hours in front of me. Oh, let's let's make it four hours okay. and, and learn about something great and, and think about this topic and think about how I can help you know with your company or I can do whatever. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. I I, but if, I, if I if kind of are, expected something related to time. <laughs> if you if your superpower is to like say I want to be able to to turn uh, to turn a greenhouse gas into oxygen, for example. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's my superpower. 
So at some point you'll be just uh, the solution for this problem. You'll okay. be praised as the solution for this problem. Once this problem is done, well, cool. But you're still going. We are still going to pollute and consume uh, consume uh, non-renewable resources, and we are going to use you to uh, to obtain that. Well, whatever. Right? <laughs> I I feel like uh, we should we should accept that uh, we are altruistic through our own image of ourselves. Okay. So. Uh, I, I like to spend time with people I like. I like to help people I like, uh, and I like to also understand why I don't like some people. So <laughs> maybe, maybe just uh, being able to accelerate and decelerate time will okay. give me more more occasion to to be uh, to be good at this. All right, thanks. Uh, I think we can uh, close it on those wide words. Thank you, Jérôme, <laughs> for for having me in your office. Um, great new offices. I wish you all the best for for Comet thanks. and uh, and everything in your personal life. Yeah, likewise. Uh, thanks for having me and uh, good luck to the third person you interview. Thanks. <laughs>